And also, I think we have to be a little careful about throwing the idea of racism around. Let's Ra racism uh, usually means, you know, that I believe that because of your race, you're a lesser human being than me. And I think there are people in the United States that feel that way, uh, but I don't think it is as common as people suggest. And I think we have safeguards to ensure that it doesn't really have an effect uh, to, to someone's future. I think we've made a lot of progress in the past 60 years. To listen to, to, to listen to the American left nowadays, you'd think we've gotten nowhere after uh, all. There's no doubt there's been a lot of progress. Okay, so we've got more on that. That's Attorney General Barr. He got interviewed by Wolf Blitzer yesterday, and they got into the whole race thing. And uh, the next clip we're going to play is specifically gets into the whole policing thing and shootings thing that has people in the streets all across the country. Although it gets complicated, obviously. Is that why people in that's why the people early in the evening are in the streets? The people later at night in the streets are there because they're Marxists. And it's got nothing to do with the shooting. They're trying to exploit the energy and the outrage to usher in Marxism. I think it's notable and, and really nice that uh, the attorney general would do an interview with a man who has no brain power. That's very kind of... You really don't like Wolf Blitzer. I believe him to be an idiot. I he, think actual wolves yummy. are smarter than Wolf Blitzer. He was on Celebrity Jeopardy and finished with negative dollars. That's the equivalent of paying, playing Candyland and losing a limb. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, positive show <laughs> with the staff joke of the day. It's the joke of the day, Michael. Already, it comes it's early today. Joke of the come on. Now. Is there a fanfare? There we go. There. Somebody unplugged the Wurlitzer. That took a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, going from jocularity back to uber serious. Oh yeah. Whoops. Uh, this is the Attorney General talking about uh, racism and policing and that sort of stuff with Wolf Blitzer. Do you think black people are treated differently by law enforcement than white people? I think there are some situations where statistics would su suggest that they, they are treated differently, but I don't think that that's necessarily racism. For this, what is, what is, well, you know, like, didn't Jesse Jackson say that when he looks behind him and he sees a group of young black males walking behind him, he's more scared than when he sees a group of white youths walking behind him? Does that make him a racist? Did I make him a racist? But it, it, it sounds if like there are two systems, one for blacks, <clears> one for whites. That sounds like there's still racism in the justice system. Well, no, I, I think we have to make sure that, you know, stereotypes do not govern our actions in the justice system. And I think police departments do a pretty good job of, of trying to police against that. And I think progress, there's more progress that can be made and more reform, and, and we're going about that. But the demonization of the police and the idea that this is so widespread and epidemic is simply wrong. Yeah, he, he goes on to be more pointed that this, this, this narrative that there's an epidemic of white cops hunting down and shooting black men has got to end. Yeah. It, it's not true. And, and this I is, heard it today. Yeah, I know. I know. Here's where I would uh, push you. If you're actually interested in this subject, I mean, you're the sort of person, I just want to know what's actually happening. Right. I highly suggest you listen to Sam Harris's podcast. We've got it linked at our website. You know, we don't usually uh, promote other people's podcasts, but I think this is such good research on this topic. Sam Harris is a super lefty. You know, if you if you if you vote Republican or like Trump, you and him would have nothing to say on politics. I mean, he's a super lefty, but he did a deep dive into all this stuff. It's called "Can We Pull Back from the Brink?" He gets into all the statistics on these shootings and that sort of stuff, and I thought it was damned interesting. We have that link to the website. If you actually want to be informed, if you ever get in conversations about this sort of stuff with friends 
or family or whatever, and you want to have an idea what's going on, I'd, I, I recommend that. Because he gets into the, you know, the, all the uncomfortable territory that exists on how often uh, black people get pulled over versus white people, which probably, you know, almost certainly does have some racial uh, element to it. Mm-hmm. But then the fact that crimes are committed way more by black people than by white people, and how does that factor in and all the different stuff? Generally, black neighborhoods tend to be higher crime neighborhoods, so you're inevitably going to have more arrests there because of the crimes. So if something's disproportional, that is not uh, ipso facto proof of racism. Now, that is a truth that is uh, not only denied, it's ignored by a lot of the activists these days. I'm going to be watching Joe Biden today. He's going to Kenosha today to talk to the family of... uh uh the the gentleman that was shot you know run into his car uh, i'll be interested to hear how he chooses his words for that um cuz you know the the fact that the media regularly reports it's obvious to anyone with eyeballs that was a murder i mean right. if you have eyes at all you see him he's being shot in the i haven't heard yet what are police supposed to do what are you supposed to do there's a warrant out for the guy's arrest for sexual assault. A, a, a judge had to sign off on a warrant for the guy's arrest, so they obviously believed the woman enough that he had broken into her house and sexually assaulted her with her kid in the bed. He's been beating her up for years. He comes back to her home when there's a restraining order. That often ends in death when those situations happen. Right. Um, then the, the subject fought the cops. Then he fights the cops, and he gets up and he's running into his car. Are you supposed to wait and hope he doesn't have a weapon in there? Well, and they said there was a knife on the floorboard. Now, let the investigation play out. Yeah. If they're lying, well, there are going to be serious consequences. But I don't know why you're supposed to. But whatever it is, it's not a clear cut. To, I don't know how you could possibly say it's a clear cut. You got to let him get in his car and then, what, run everybody over as he leaves the neighborhood? I mean, what do you. I don't understand what the rules are. Well, here. the idea that a guy being served a felony warrant who fights the cops, evades arrest, then reaches into his car ought to be permitted to just do whatever he wants, ignores the reality of policing in a horrible and dangerous way. It's Not only is it not the way it's being portrayed, it's really leaning pretty strongly in the other way. If you look, actually look at the evidence. It, and it's outrageous that, that there is virtually nobody in the media willing to say that. Plus the long list of white people, unarmed white people, that get shot by the cops every year. Right. Maybe some of those are horrifying crimes against humanity in which the cops should be in prison. I don't know. I haven't looked into them. They don't make the news, and nobody ever gets that excited about them. Right, right. Make it about police accountability. And some people are trying to do that, including Senator Tim Scott. Make it about better training. Make it about restructuring the cops so they're not showing up to mental health calls. Make it about all those things, but don't try to pitch this this anger-inducing, violence-inducing, division-inducing, hatred-inducing uh, racial narrative that is mostly inaccurate, which is not to say for a single second there is no racism or no racism among police or there are no cops who arrest so many black people. Finally, they start to think, yeah, black people are criminals. Sure, that exists, but you work on that. But the Marxists and the people burning things, they're not about that at all. They want more ugliness and hatred and violence because that's the only way they can uh, get over and seize power. 
If I'm too Boy, serious, it's a story as old as politics. Yeah. If I'm too serious for too long, my uh, my stomach starts to hurt. I've got this stuff about camping, which is kind of interesting. I don't know how many people are going to camp this Labor Day weekend. Usually, it's a big camping weekend, but camping has changed, Joe. I don't know if you know about this, but I got some interesting stats on that that are kind of funny. Um, it's one of the regrets of my life. I haven't camped more. Yeah, my my son brings up camping a lot, and we've never done any like full on real camping. I got to do that because. I know how quickly it can go from their 10 to their 15 to their out of the house. And it just, you know, you haven't done it yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a pain in the hiney. I was never a guy who loved it. In fact, I kind of sort of didn't love it. I kind of don't get it without drinking. <laughs> There's that. All my camping included being drunk all the time. And everybody else was, too. Yeah. A lot yeah. of drinking early. Like, the you know, all the rules. There are no clocks here, so. Yeah. All the rules are off for drinking when you're camping. It's like a casino. No yeah, clocks. Exactly. Everything goes. Exactly. You're on vacation in your casino. The fact that you're having a beer at 10 while you're sitting there at the slot machine, nobody thinks twice about that. I right. certainly don't. <laughs> well, and as an older man, I, I don't relish uh, stumbling through the dark to some uh, outhouse while well, there are beasts about. You know, in the wee hours of the day, night. I mean, there I am just trying to relieve myself, and I'm beset by bears and, and, and bobcats and cougars. God knows what else. Badgers. Stinking badgers. Where are you camping where there are all those beasts at once? Well, occasionally they'll band together. There are movies about it. Check Netflix. <laughs> there are strength in numbers. <laughs> exactly. Oh, we got to give you the Mandalorian update, too. Uh, it's coming back. I'm very excited about that, but not soon enough. Mm. Um, our text line, by the way, I still, if, if, if I heard from some law enforcement on this, maybe I missed your text, so resend it. You saw the video or you've looked at the information because I thought uh, we had a bunch of cops being pretty honest about the George Floyd killing. They thought, you know, that guy was way out of line Yep. on the text line. Uh, what do you think of the one in Kenosha? Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Go check out my tent. I ordered a bunch of crap off Sky Mall. I got my TV, my Xbox, DVD, awesome bed right there. DJ Roomba's in the mix. Uh, it's like I'm not even camping. It's the future of camping, my friends. Well, the future is now. Uh, so this would traditionally be kind of a camping weekend, and maybe you're doing it, but a study of 2,000 camping and caravanning fans. What's caravanning? That's probably a British term or Australian term. I'm not sure what you're reading from there, but... It references uh, British camping mm. conditions, so yeah, I think... Uh, anyway... Yeah, caravan is a camper. Yeah. 37% of parents polled said their kids consider traditions such as putting up a tent or sitting around a campfire to be boring. Families are like more likely now to gather around in the evening to watch a movie together on their gadgets. About 83% of campers will take their gadgets and devices with them when they go camping. Uh, boy, I would uh, I would like to eliminate those if we went camping, like outlaw oh, that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Age-old camping traditions are dying out. Uh, six in ten adults say they've cooked marshmallows over a fire. Only 40% of children say the same. That is perhaps the high point of human eating, is campfire marshmallows. <laughs> yeah. Better than a, well, better. Mm, I was going to say better than a perfectly prepared steak. Certainly on that same level. Pretty good. Heavenly. We uh, we do that fairly regularly. How dark? How dark do you go? On the marshmallow? Yes. 
I like mine just barely brown. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I'm a medium brown guy, and I've been known to enjoy the uh, torched marshmallow. I'll eat it. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to throw it away. When I was in my more advanced uh, cooking marshmallows over an open flame, you would torch the outside, wait for it to cool a little bit, and then you can remove the outer crust. Oh, yes, of course. And then it's just it's heaven on the inside. You don't eat the outer crust? No, no, no. Typical millennial. <laughs> They've ruined s'mores. When I was a boy, all we had was the crust. <laughs> we were grateful to have it. Well, speaking of how soft people are today, you can buy these uh, this s'more stuff. You can get marshmallows that are flat and square. Yes. Dumb. And and also the Hershey's things come already broken into the size that will fit on the graham cracker. So Oh, boy. Just, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, soft, soft. Teaching snowflakes. Teaching a kid to cook a marshmallow on a stick, finding the right stick, getting the marshmallow in there, not sticking it too far in the flame, but not holding it too far away. It's just right. it's amazing how much goes into it. Oh, yeah. yeah good times. <laughs> it's never going to cook. It's like three feet from the flame. And then convincing them that 11 is enough. You need to stop. <laughs> oh, boy. That's right. I believe we had somebody almost up Chuck last time. And that somebody was me. <laughs> Uh, Plot twist. Only a third of youngsters have ever made a campfire compared with two-thirds of adults. I can believe that. Mm. Uh, At least four in ten said they'd be lost without technology when they went camping. 60% say they enjoy camping more with their gadgets than if they were to go off-grid. God, I love going off-grid. Oh, yes, please. Can I do it right now? Man, I grew up off-grid, so... How about the glamping? That's what I want to do, because I enjoy the out-of-doors, but I'm not as rugged as I once was. So the, the, the glamping, the glamour camping, the soft camping, that's perfect for me. <laughs> I got friends. I got a buddy right now. He's getting ready. He's been training for weeks. He goes up into the mountains of Wyoming for like a couple of weeks yes. hiking around and hunting elk. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and it's a serious business. He was describing it to me and just these ridges they climb and go up and they just rugged it. And he said, you ought to come sometime. And I said, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. You know no. what? I, I get your number. <laughs> New season's coming out on Amazon Prime this weekend. I'm all I would love to do that. I don't have any interest in hunting anything, but I, I love the <laughs> idea of being like completely off grid for a couple of weeks and all that. Oh, that'd be awesome. Well, he told me about packing out the meat and uh, being menaced by mountain lions and stuff when you're trying to get the meat out and everything. And it's. Yikes. The biggest complaints having to walk to the toilet in the middle of the night. I'm I'm right there with you while being menaced by beasts. Not having their favorite TV shows. Yeah, well. Those and, will be there when you get back. Exactly. God has produced a TV show for you. It's called Nature. Look at it. Look at it. So, uh speaking of TV shows, The Mandalorian is coming back, season 2. Is uh the coming back when Sean? I didn't actually look. Uh, October thirtieth, I believe, is the okay. uh, the target well, date. Don't, Never t- seen don't it. tell me now. Don't tell me now if something's coming back October thirtieth. Tell me October twentieth, maybe. I don't even know if I need ten days heads up. <laughs> what the hell's giving me two months heads up on a TV show coming out? What the it's, hell is that? It's uh, easy now. Easy. Wow. And Sean and, and, uh, told me there's a Phineas and Ferb movie coming out on Netflix if your kids are into Phineas Ferb. Uh, Disney Plus. I don't, on, on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many lines Ferb will get. Probably not very many. And I believe this one's uh, actually already out. Ferb only speaks once per episode. If you've Is ever that right? watched Phineas and Ferb, yeah. And yeah I've just a, seen a few minutes while my kids were watching. And he has a British accent, which, which is hilarious. It's difficult to explain. Seen a handful of the episodes of that show, and I find it to be hilarious. Mm. Uh, it is. Um, 
should hit some of the debt numbers coming up with the uh, the budget released yesterday. The 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 total for the year is going to be three point three trillion dollars in the red. Uh, that's so far beyond anything we've ever done before. When we first had a trillion yes. under Obama in two thousand nine. Uh, it was astounding. A for trillion sure. dollars in one year. It pretty much fired up the Tea Party movement. It, it absolutely did. Yeah. Uh, this, this year, $3.3 trillion. Oh, listen, let's be positive. You're always so negative. America has reached new heights in running up debt. We continue to achieve. We're doing things no country has ever done before. Never dared to do before. Yeah, it's pretty astounding, really. And uh, the why do we talk about it? Because there, there, there's no polling that shows anybody has any interest in this story. I wish they did. But debt is it going to exceed 100% of GDP next year, unless there are drastic changes that are going to happen, and there will not be any. If there are any drastic changes, the drastic changes will be exponentially more spending. Those are the only drastic changes that could possibly be on the uh, horizon. Right. If Biden wins, there could be a tremendous amount of more spending. If Trump wins, there'll be the same amount of overspending. That's what you got to look forward to. So uh, what does that mean? Well, I'll hit you with that coming back because it's important. Tim Sandifer was tweeting about a news article on that very topic, and he uh, captioned it, how to cause a depression. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, is right. That's depressing. Your grunt speaks louder than words. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, boy. What, what is our goal here? What are we trying to do on the Armstrong and Getty Show? Are we trying to inform people? Yes, that's part of it. Well, ultimately, the goal is to have people listen so I can make enough money to make my house payment. Uh, but what do people want to hear? I mean, I want to. I want to know I'm what's just going here on. To spread joy. I don't know what that crap was. All I want to know what's going on in the world because I need the information to make decisions. Right. On the other hand, I don't. I try not to doom scroll because I don't need repetitive, endless negativity. That just is depressing. So I'm trying to figure that all out. I'm yeah, I, a lot of the stuff we talk about, like the being forced to admit you're racist and go through the re-education camps and the struggle sessions and the rest of it. It's it's a negative, but it fires me up. You know, it, it's something. It's a purpose, and 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 it's good to know that there are others who think the same way. So this first yesterday, the uh, the government announced that we're gonna be uh, run a deficit of three point three trillion dollars this year. That's a record by far. Um, and next year we're going to exceed 100% of GDP. What does that mean? That means the U.S. government will owe more every year than the economy produces. It'd be like uh, starting next year, you have uh, you make $60,000 a year, but you, you have $62,000 worth of credit card debt. Right, it's you, unsecured <laughs> debt. Your mortgage doesn't count. You actually have more debt than you make in a year. That's the, what the country will be next year. We've never been at 100% before. Um, and to put it in perspective a little bit, um, public debt hit 76%. Well, I'll back up a little bit because this is more stark. As recently as 2007, we were at 35% of GDP. In, and in 2007, there were plenty of fiscal conservatives saying, this is crazy. This can't continue. We're out of control. <laughs> right. 
So that's the $60,000 paycheck person owing $20,000 a credit Which card means debt. you've got a problem. Right. Yeah. And then it was climbed to 70-some percent after the big crash in 2008 and uh, the Obama administration ran up a trillion-dollar debt and the Tea Party was formed because a trillion-dollar debt. That is just outrageous. We can't do that. Well, this right. year it's $3.3 trillion, and we're heading into nobody's ever tried this before. Well, people have tried it before, but they haven't succeeded. Right. We have certain advantages. Uh, we have the fiat currency of the world, well, the, the global currency. We have, um, we're extremely solid as a, uh, as a debtor. We always pay back our debts as a country. So we have advantages no country's ever had. On the other hand, sometimes that just enables you to go way off the, uh, you know, the reservation. It's like being a, a, a trust fund rich kid. You can, you know, engage in aberrant behavior that would ruin the life of anybody else. You can go way, way too far. Like Michael Avenatti, if you've got enough money coming in and good credit, you can you can do some crazy things mm-hmm. and get way upside down, right? In a way that other people can't. America is Michael Avenatti. Yeah, we are. Wow. Uh, and and they just came across this. This is this is released by the Chamber of Commerce of San Francisco, but I'm sure a lot of cities are the same. Uh, with some of the numbers that are out there, man, I'm saying save your money. You know, don't look at your 401k and think, hey, another record yesterday on the stock market. Things will be fine. Everything will be fine. I hope everything will be fine. But Chamber of Commerce survey showed that only 46% of storefront businesses in San Francisco that were open at the beginning of the pandemic are still operating. 46% are so, still operating at all. At all. Oh, so boy. only about. Half of the storefront businesses in San Francisco are still in business at this point. We have not begun to feel that. 78% of the entertainment business is gone, closed down. And 77% of bars. Where I suppose, I suppose you know... We, now, we, does that mean closed or closed for good? I don't know. They, they, they imply closed, closed. Okay. But th- that wouldn't surprise me. No, no, it wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, because we, we know somebody with a, a nail salon. They, they closed it down. Mm-hmm. They tried to ride it a lo- as long as they could. And then just, you know, if you can't reopen and you don't know when you can reopen, at some point you just close. Right, right. There are ongoing costs of just existing sure. as a business, even if you're doing no commerce. And it's been five, six months. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that whole, that incredibly galling Nancy Pelosi thing, uh, just that she knows perfectly well that salons aren't allowed to usher somebody through the back door and give them a haircut in private and then oh, send yeah. them out. She knows that 100%. The idea that she's dimly aware of the closings in her hometown. I was misled. Uh, they said it was. Uh, we gotta play that. Right. We'll yeah. have to play that. We'll do. We'll do it. Just after. Being incredible as the very business owner whose place she was exploiting is going broke and then is targeted with death threats and the rest of it. It's crazy. Um, we'll play you the Nancy Pelosi excuse uh, next because that's really good. And I will confess to a crime. Okay. That's exciting, isn't it? Would if, if I had simply safe at my home, would that have saved me from your crime? No, no, no. It okay. was a, a a crime of consent. But simply safe, the best home security system you can get, according to U.S. News and World Report. It's less expensive. It's less hassle. It's there's no long contract. It's simple enough to use. It's the best. How about the fact that it's about fifteen dollars a month? Look into what it costs for a lot of home security systems that aren't the best overall home security system of twenty twenty. Um. 
$15 a month, that's amazing. You set it up yourself in under an hour. You just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. No technician required. No long-term contracts. That's great stuff. You got the sensors and cameras blanketing every door, every window, every room as you need, and then professional monitoring. Just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Get a free HD camera just for our listeners because you're special. Simply is S-I-M-P-L-I. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Let's start with uh, with clip 50 there, Sean. This is Nancy Pelosi explaining what happened. She got caught red-handed, obviously. The video went everywhere really fast of her walking around the salon, no mask. You know, the mask part doesn't bother me that much, honestly. She has been harping on various, the Trump and the, 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 the speech and no masks ah, so yeah. much. Yeah, the hypocrisy bothers me. Plus, that's part of the reason that the, the, the governor and others claim you can't be open is... Is um, it's part of the argument back and forth is we'll make them wear masks. Well, masks aren't even good enough. And so, okay, so you don't even wear a mask when you go to the right. salon. But anyway, right. this is so Nancy Pelosi gets caught no mask, walking around, getting her hair cut when nobody else is allowed to. Businesses aren't allowed to be open. And this is her explanation. I take responsibility for trusting uh, the word of a neighborhood salon that I've been to over the years many times. And that um, when they said, well, we're able to accommodate people one person at a time and that we can set up that time, I trusted that. As it turns out, it was a setup. So I take responsibility for falling for a setup. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Right. She, Come on. Hers was innocent because it was only one customer at a time, as opposed to, you know, hairstylists who cut three or four people's hair at the same time simultaneously. That's that's how those places work. You go in for your appointment, you get your haircut, then somebody else comes in. And according to your logic, Nancy, you lying hag, if a <laughs> hairdresser instituted a policy of I'll text you when we're ready for you. Then it would be perfectly safe, and they could be open today. Right. And every right. hairdresser in Corruptifornia or anywhere else would immediately agree to that. Well, uh, and the owner's saying that this is just that st- this is just not the story. So, right, right. You dropped an LH on her. I can't believe it. It is. It is completely hypocritical. And what what makes me sick is it shows such a. Blatant disregard for small business people. I can't believe she did that. I guess that's just, I mean, it's a its a real <clears throat> Marie Antoinette let him eat cake sort of, you don't even understand the way people look at you or how this is going to look. Because I'm surprised if she's going to do a, a, you know, a haircut on the sly, she didn't have somebody come to her house. Right. Right. Well, I've done exactly what she did. And if I got busted for it, I'd say... Yeah, the the laws are dumb, and they're arbitrary, (laughs) and you're ruining small businesses. You're ruining human beings, hardworking business owners. I showed up to get my hair cut because I think they ought to be allowed to cut hair. Not that I got set up. It was a setup. I was told that it was all right if it was one customer. God, what a load of horse ass. Well, they weren't buying it on CNN or MSNBC or really? a lot of different places. Yeah, and we're, we're mocking her explanation. The whole, I take full responsibility for being set up. Well, that's a new one. That's a new one. Wow, these are some odd times. I, I need to have a private word on the air with uh, one of our beloved listeners who okay. just won't leave me alone. And I'm, I'm going to be gentle, but I'm going to have to be tough, Jack. Is this the crime be, you're admitting there's to? There's going to be firm talk. 
Okay. No, I already admitted to the crime. Going to get a clandestine oh, haircut. Okay. okay. Yeah. Really? The crime. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Regular I probably scoff law over there. Yeah. I, I probably ought to get myself a, a theatrical beard and a and a hat. Disguise myself <laughs> so the long arm of the law doesn't come down on me. So a firm, firm but gentle word for one of our listeners. And uh, oh man, we, we, oh, we got an Antifa lady running for uh, mayor of Portland. She might win. She's not kind of an Antifa lady. Wait, do you hear her statement? She could end up being the mayor of Portland. This will be the first elected official that's actually part of Antifa. Are we that far down the road? Oh, boy. That's next. Armstrong and Getty. It's really unfortunate that with everything happening in this country, uh, with the fact that we basically have a dictator in charge of running this country, and we have our Speaker Nancy Pelosi working day and night to try and fight against the challenges that we have with the White House. She has spent her entire career working for this city and working for this country. That is the morally, ethically, and apparently intellectually bankrupt mayor of San Francisco, London Breed there, defending the grotesque uh, hypocrisy of Nancy Pelosi. Well, So don't mess with me. Birds of a feather stick together, I guess. So that's that town and that mayor in uh, Portland. You got to old mayor, what do we call him? Weasel. Ted Weasel. <laughs> Ted Weasel. It's childish but enjoyable. I mean, listen. It is, it is childish. I consider myself a, a bit of a like a grade B minus wordsmith. Sometimes I come up with something fairly clever. This is not clever in the least, well, but it is enjoyable. Mayor Ted Weasel is going to be in a runoff with an Antifa supporter named Sarah Inaron. Yeah, I'm and pretty her, good at Italian names, but I don't know how to pronounce that. Her, pronoun, her pronouns are she and her, if you're wondering. I wasn't. Um, but so she, I don't know how this runoff came to be. Or when is it? Is it on election day or does it soon? Um, anyway, he, November 3rd. He, wow. OK, this will be a big deal. This is one of her uh, tweets to those who say Antifa are violent thugs. I'm not a violent thug and I'm Antifa. I'm Antifa because the red hats are coming. That'd be Trump people, I guess. Yes. Because the red hats are coming after brown and black people, after Jews, after queer and trans people, and more. They're coming after our democracy. When's that going to start in Portland? Because I haven't seen a lot of that. Hashtag Holocaust Memorial Day. Hashtag never forget. Uh, So she's on the ballot against Ted Weasel. I'm I'm rooting for the right winger in this group, Ted Weasel. I guess. Good lord! <laughs> uh, it's better than an an actual member of Antifa. She declared. Her campaign manager led protesters in shutting down a highway following Trump's 2016 victory. They were just protesting who got elected and shut down a highway. She's consistently expressed support for the nightly rioting. My daughter was in the streets last night, driven by anti-racist conviction. She's not an agitator nor an opportunist, and she should not fear for her safety at the hands of Portland police. Uh, they're trying to burn down the buildings the cops are in. We need to understand that these protests are part of a healthy democracy. Peaceful protests, in my opinion, might not necessarily be moving the conversation forward. 
Oh, so, so she's, she's calling for violence. Yeah, she's part of that crowd that uh, justifies violence, that gets more attention, you get well, more accomplished. Their speech is violence, and their silence is also violence. So we can burn people to death and be justified, says this lunatic. Do I have to donate money to Ted Weasel? Great, Scott, Portland, what a great city you were, and could be again someday, if the sanity returns. So movie theaters are opening some places. They can only operate at 50% capacity or 25% capacity, or depending on wherever you are, and you might have to wear a mask the whole time, or at least wear a mask till you get to your seat, depending on where you are again. Although you get to take it off if you eat, so if you got any popcorn or jujubes, I guess you... You get to pull your mask down. Mm. I don't know if I want to. Do you want to be? Are we comfortable with the name Juju Bees? Really? What is a Juju Bee? It's It's like a gummy. It's like your dang filling straight out of your head is what it is. Yeah, (laughs) it's one of those ones. It's a harder gummy candy sort of thing. Is it like a Mike and Ike or Mm, uh, harder than that? Harder than a Mike and Ike. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a Mike and Ike for Navy Seals. I mean, it's (laughs) perhaps the hardest of hard candies. Are you comfortable being in a in a, a closed room with a bunch of people breathing for I, for two three hours? I dislike the movie experience. People around me like that pre COVID, so there is roughly zero chance I go into a theater anytime soon. Well, okay, but if if you were, I, I'm would actually, you not go if because I was of, normal? Go ahead you, and say it. <laughs> yeah. Would you not go because of the COVID risk? Yes, I, I think I would too. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I would not go because of the COVID risk. One of the reasons these theaters are opening now is the or the a lot of the movies that have been previously set to release have been pushed back, so there's kind of a backlog of, of theatrical releases. Yeah. Uh, the new Christopher Nolan movie is actually giving me an actual existential crisis, or at least the closest thing I get in my <laughs> single pointless existence. Um, of I I really want to see that movie, but I have the concerns of I I don't. If it's if it's actually fifty percent capacity, I don't think I want to be in there. If they told me we have a ventilation system that is going to suck everything up so hard, straight up through filters and out into the, the nature, that your hair is going to be aloft during the entire movie, I might consider going because it's all about ventilation. But I'd have to br- no. Although even then, no. Why would I with the home experience so good? Speaking of entertainment, I need to have a firm word with uh, listener John. John without an H. Number one, uh, unlawful spelling, unnatural. Short for Jonathan. Uh, John is determined to turn me into a K-pop fan. Mm. Do we have any of one of those uh, ridiculous groups, music land? NTB or NTK or BTK? BTS, One Direction. BTK was the the killer in Wichita. Wrong, um, wrong initial. And so he is, he is submitted PBR. Over, over a page of K-pop terminology. I, I'll take a look at that. I was going <clears> to... <throat> it's a deep and competitive subculture with its own vocabulary. And you can learn a lot about it just by analyzing the lingo. John, you're right. I could if I cared. I'm going I to. I don't care. I will read it. I'll get into it. Um, I don't care if you read it. It came up on a cartoon my kids were watching yesterday, a, uh, a K-pop band. That's Korean pop music. Is that yes. what it's yeah. And uh, my kids were kind of mystified, and I said, hey, we should listen to some, because it's hugely popular, and I just I don't know much about it. So we're going to dial some up today, so I'll have, to, I'll have to learn the lingo. Here are some of your terms, Jack. <clears throat> Do we have any so people can get an idea of what it sounds like? Idol. Members of K-pop groups and K-pop solo artists are called idols. Most K-pop groups either consist entirely of female idols, Dreamcatcher, for instance, right. or entirely male idols. Super M is such an example. I'm already lost. A few such as Card, K-R-D, have both. 
stan can be used as a noun or a verb. A fan of K-pop is called a stan. That's got to be from the Eminem song, right? Uh, super fans of anything is kind of on the internet referred to as a stan. Okay. Did you come up with any BTK? Uh, I'm working on it now. I'm getting okay. past the, uh, the little pre-roll ad To here. stan a group is to be a fan of it. A multi-stan is a, pa- a person who is a fan of more than one K-pop group. This is slightly controversial among the K-pop community, similar to how sports fans view those who support more than one team. That's idiotic. So here's some. That sounds like, that sounded like a marching band. Okay, so this is the, the intro of the I video. Let's, so. There we go. Okay. There go. I'm going to do my dancing, because dancing oh, no. is a key no. to it, right? No. A lot of dancing involved in K-pop. Things are jiggling. Stop, Stop that, Jack. You have to be, you're not, you can't tell if it's a boy or a girl. That's key to the K-pop also. They appear to be boys, but they could be girls. When a K-pop or soloist group releases their first song, it's called a debut. It's okay. already called that. Yeah, that's not new. Yeah, these are just terms. <laughs> these are not exclusive to K-pop. The things they put on their feet are called shoes oh, wow. in K-pop. They're so mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> There's a term for the youngest member of a K-pop group. Okay, what's that? Maknae. Okay. Probably a Korean word. Listen, everybody needs to belong. Everybody needs a tribe. Everybody needs a hobby. I don't waste your time explaining mine, John. I don't care about yours. But this is some of the biggest music in the world by far, right? Oh, yeah, not close. By the way, stream the Rolling Stones Beggar's Banquet. Leave me alone. Is this the band that did it? No. What? Armstrong and Getty.